You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Kindness goes a long way because in life, relationships are important, right? Life is, uh, to quote, you know, some economists, a series of repeated games. It's not a one-off. You don't play the game once, and if you win, oh, winner takes all, and then you're done. It's round after round after round. And so it matters to the degree with which you can be kind and build coalitions and, and build relationships. That was Paul Beck. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I sync up with Paul Beck, founder, formulator, and CEO of my new favorite skincare company, Matter of Fact. A few months ago, I started using Matter of Fact's ascorbic acid 20, a brightening C serum, and their hydrating moisturizer. Both products have been game-changing for my skin. Matter of Fact's patent-pending formula combines 20% vitamin C with powerful antioxidants to dramatically improve the appearance of skin dullness discolorations, and wrinkling. Thanks to their patent-pending technology, they are able to dissolve high concentrations of ascorbic acid in waterless systems. Their breakthrough formulas with clinically backed results and beautiful textures are amazing. I've been using the products daily, and the serum has really been great for my post-swim goggle eyes and getting rid of the circles underneath. Today, Paul and I sync up about Matter of Fact, where the inspiration began, and some of the brand's signature, innovative, research-backed ingredients and patent-pending formulas. We talk about his career prior to beauty as a K-pop star, the parallels between both careers, and some entrepreneurial lessons Paul has learned along the way. He also sheds light on his athletic background and the exercise and wellness routines currently fueling him for success. I also asked some rapid fire questions about what Paul's watching, reading, and he shares one of his favorite hobbies, cooking. Matter of fact is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off their first purchase now through the end of April. Use our code Marnie15 for 15% off at matteroffact.com. Also, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to wherever you get your Apple Podcasts. Click on Marnie on the Move, scroll through the 279 episodes, and click on the very tiny words, leave a review. Tell us what you love about the podcast and share it on your social channels, wherever you like to get social. Before we dive in, shout out to my sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. 
It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move. Now on to my conversation with Paul. Paul, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you for yes, being it's on wonderful the podcast. To meet you too. Thank you for having me. So tell me about Matter of Fact and the inspiration and how you started a company. Sure. So Matter of Fact is a clinical skincare brand. Uh, we really strive to provide clinically effective and tested products that are also, of course, a pleasure to use and easy to understand, mm -hmm. hence the name Matter of Fact. Um, I think because, you know, after all, the most effective products in the world won't do much if you aren't willing to use them consistently. And as for my own journey, you know, I think like a lot of skincare users, my interest first stemmed from my own skincare issues. Um, so, of course, today I spend most of my days in the lab formulating new products, but in a former life, I was in front of the camera as a musician in Korea. And I think seeing my skincare issues on, on camera, on screen, was a real source of self-consciousness for me. And so, although I was being sent to a dermatologist for treatment, I wasn't getting a lot of guidance on daily care. And it was about 14 years ago that I met my now mentor and instructor in cosmetic formulation, which sparked my interest in product development and eventually led me to found this company many, many years later in, in 2018. That's awesome. I have been using the serum and the lightweight moisturizer, and I have never used such amazing products. I'm just going to say that. And I've used a lot of products like your serum, the vitamin, the C serum is outstanding. So thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> thank you. I'm always so, so happy to hear it when people are enjoying the products and they're seeing a difference in their skin and just, you know, uh, it's just, it makes my, my heart sing. So thank you so much for your warm words. Why did you launch with these two products? Yeah. So, you know, when I started this brand, I knew I wanted to have a focused approach and mm -hmm. to try not to do everything at once. And really the first two years of the company's uh, journey was it was me, a team of one, spending most of my time in the lab working under the guidance of uh, my technical advisors. And so I knew if I spread myself too thin, I wouldn't be able to deliver. Yeah. Um, so instead, I really wanted to focus on developing new delivery systems for well-researched ingredients with a track record of use within skincare. And so, of course, launching with a vitamin C serum and a very gentle uh, vitamin lipid-rich a hydrating cream was a culmination of that early work and, and focus just so that I could make sure that we delivered things that I felt great about and, you know, didn't miss, miss the boat by trying to bite off more than I could chew. Yeah. So talk to me about this serum. What's the science behind it? I mean, I just, it is amazing. Yeah. I'm oh just curious goodness. to hear. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so of course, you know, pure vitamin C, also known as ascorbic acid and the form we use in skincare is L-ascorbic acid is one of the, the best researched ingredients within skincare. So there's a good amount of evidence demonstrating its ability to improve the appearance of skin dis discolorations from sun damage. Mm -hmm. So uneven skin tone. It feels so good to be in the sun, but, and yeah. especially as an athlete, right? Yeah. You have to be in the sun many times. I but know you have amazing can... skin. <laughs> I, I grew up in, uh, in Florida. And so I had a fair amount of, yeah. uh, sun exposure to, you know, growing up playing tennis and swimming and at a time when unfortunately 
I think a lot of us didn't know that we should be protecting our skin from the sun. And so you're in uh, a safe company. I, uh-huh. I have a lot of <laughs> sympathy for athletes who spend a lot of time in the sun, but right. So vitamin C has this great track record for skin exposed to sun, you know, discolorations, dark spots, and even skin tone, fine lines and wrinkling. All of those things are a price we pay for spending a lot of time in the sun. And of course, vitamin C is also a great antioxidant and it's uh, already naturally present in the skin. But despite all of this, of course, vitamin C is well known to be hard to work with because it's such a fragile ingredient. It's very sensitive to air, to light, and especially to water, which kind of creates a challenge in formulating vitamin C in skincare because water is one of the few things that can dissolve a high concentration of vitamin C so that you can deliver it to skin in a pleasant, non-gritty, smooth sort of way. Um, And so my goal was to create a, a delivery system that balanced really three things. The first was, a waterless delivery system so that we could lengthen the shelf life of the product and you could use it for a good amount of time before the product started to degrade. And then of course, getting to a good concentration, 15 to 20% Mm -hmm. uh, vitamin C in order to deliver visible results in a relatively short amount of time so that people would be motivated to keep on using the product and they would be happy with their experience. And then of course, I wanted it to be completely smooth non-gritty in texture and for it to not ball up or pill underneath Mm -hmm. sunscreen or makeup, right? Right. And so that meant that the vitamin C had to be completely dissolved. And so, you know, our technology allows us to balance all three, which um, I think uh, fortunately uh, creates a product that many people seem to be pleased with. Um, And of course, we included other antioxidants such as ferulic acid Mm -hmm. and pine bark extract for, you know, additional defense against environmental aggressors such as pollution or UV radiation. And, and that's sort of the technology behind the vitamin C serum. Well, I want to share with you that, it, like I said, has been game-changing for my skin, but I spend a lot of time in the pool. I love the serum because it makes my skin feel super moisturized and evens out a lot of the dark spots and wrinkles and just it really replenishes my skin. But what I tried was... Because I am always, I'm in the pool like three, four times a week, I'm now taking it with me to the gym and using it under my eyes after I have the goggles, like, because I get like these dark circles and it's been Mm -hmm. really helping. So I think you have a whole other market. I mean, seriously, it's really amazing. And I don't know if there's something in there that's like specifically, it might be the vitamin C that's helping with like, just, you know, add more fluffiness to my under eyes. Yes, um, in our clinical studies, we did find uh, through instrumental readings and through evaluation of uh, uh, clinicians or dermatologists um, that we see an improvement in skin firmness as well. Um, and so I'm, I'm just so happy to, to hear that you've been enjoying the serum and have been having a positive experience. Uh, you mentioned you were a musician. What are the similarities between what you're doing now and being a musician? One of the similarities between being a musician and being a formulator is that you're making things. And that's one of the things that I love about you know both, both professions is that you can create new things, put them into the world. And um, and there's not nothing quite like the feeling of having people enjoy and benefit from what you've created. So that's probably the biggest similarity between the two. 
Yeah. Were you a singer? Were you a songwriter? Did you play any instruments? What was your, what's your jam? <laughs> I was a singer. And, you know, of course, the, the Korean music market now, the K-pop market is uh, yeah, global. And, um, and it's, a, it's a wonderful industry. It can be a tough industry and very image conscious yeah. as well. Um, and so I was mainly singing. Um, I did write some of my songs as well, um, but I was a very, very tightly controlled act. And so those songs were not the title tracks, <laughs> but they were still on the albums. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you don't have any time to do music being so busy launching this brand and introducing products, but are you still doing any music? Oh, I, I mean, I, I love listening to music and I do still enjoy singing, but these days I mainly sing for my wife and <laughs> <laughs> not for, for audiences. Ah, okay. um, but music is one of those things that I think almost everyone enjoys and it brings color and pleasure to our lives. Yeah. Um, much as the way that, you know, uh, exercise and fitness and, and great nutritious and delicious food uh, do for people as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking of exercise and fitness, what's your, like, what do you do to stay healthy and fit? Yeah. So I'm, I always try to think about how I can make things into consistent habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I really focus on getting at least 150 minutes of cardio a week, but usually it's more like, 200, 250. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's mainly done on a rowing machine at home and on a stepping machine at home as well, because I know if I have to go somewhere Mm -hmm. to do it, the chances that it'll get done might (laughs) get lower. Um, And then I also try to fit in uh, three to five sessions of strength training as well. And I have um, a set of uh, just parallel bars at home and a few dumbbells Um, and, you know, push, pull and, and leg um, uh, splits to, to make sure that, you know, my bone health is maintained. And, and of course, all of those things just make me feel better. And yeah. I think that's one of the most important, uh, benefits of, of exercise. And it's so important, like as somebody who's a founder and building this business that you have something where you can like get time out, but like bring that back to everything that you do. It's so true. I mean, oftentimes I'm, I'm in the lab until quite late. And so, yeah. Um, getting home and having dinner with my wife, trying to make something that's going to be uh, delicious, but also nutritious. Um, And then fitting in, right? Um, Usually I try to fit in 30 to 40 minutes of exercise per day. Um, And just making sure that when it's that late, when I get home at, you know, sometimes 9, 10 PM, um, that I can do it on autopilot. It's easy. It's pleasurable. I know it's going to decrease my stress level and I'm going to feel better and sleep better for it. Now, are you like a morning person? Like, do you get your workouts in the morning or are you like more of an evening? I'm definitely an evening person. And so, yeah. Um, usually always it's, it's done at the end of the day. Um, and I know some people, uh, it seems they, they can't seem to sleep as well if they exercise at night. For me, it's kind of the opposite. If I get in a good workout, some good cardio, then I always sleep uh, better. Yeah. I'm not a morning person either. I don't really like in the morning I do work. Like I'm very good at getting work done in the morning, but Mm -hmm. I usually work out around like four or five o'clock and then I go back to work till like 10 o'clock at night. So I get that. (laughs) What are some new products that you're planning to bring into the mix as we move into 2023? 
So of course we're we're excitedly developing new products all the time. I think with uh, the philosophy that um, I and the team have around product development, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that we're targeting concerns, right? right? And so with the vitamin C and the hydrating cream, really those were uh, general, you know, dryness and age prevention types of products. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you know in the near future we'll be able to have some exciting new news around other skincare concerns as well. And, and that's something that we're, we're very excited to, to share more about in the next year or so. Okay, cool. So it's not, it won't be like next year immediately, but maybe like Q4 or something. Yeah, well, we're working furiously. So I hope we can get something onto the market and in, in customers' hands sooner rather than later. And now are these the products that you use for your own skincare routine as well? They are. So this is one thing that I found interesting that I have two, uh, specifically two mentors who are cosmetic formulators. And I'm always surprised when they mention that oftentimes formulators don't use the products they formulate, mm-hmm. you know, for practical reasons. One, if they're formulating so many products, you can only fit in so many products yeah. per day. But then also, you know, sometimes they may have very, very sensitive skin. And yeah. so they don't want to sort of, you know, break the the balance that they've, they've already formed. But for me, it's paramount. And so I, I put everything that I make on my skin to test, even if it's not developed specifically for my skin type right. or concern. And then also my wife as well. And then of course, team members too. And so for me, I really try to focus on uh, foundational things, right? And so the first thing is always, 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 I try to keep it simple, easy, and mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. Similar to diet and exercise too, because otherwise it's not going to uh, take root as a habit. Right. And so you know, uh, gentle cleanser that's not stripping. Of course, that's a basic. Um, and then sun protection every mm-hmm. single day. Every day. And then on top of that, yeah. every day. Yeah. Just make it a habit so so that um, there's not an oops moment if you find yourself in the sun. Do you feel like it should be separate or part of your foundation? Yeah. I mean, from a, from a clinical perspective, SPF is tested at a very specific amount mm-hmm. per area. And so when you're thinking about something highly pigmented like a foundation, there's a very low chance that people are going to be applying enough of that product to get the listed SPF because it starts to look cakey and it starts to look unnatural. And so I would really encourage people to use a separate SPF from their foundation. But of course, applying foundation with SPF is better than nothing. If, yes. Even if you, right. And you so you need to like reapply SPF frequently throughout the day because whatever the number is that it is, it really only lasts for like an hour or depending on the number. Yeah. Exactly. And depending on how water and sweat yeah. resistant, you know, the formula is. And then, of course, if you're swimming, sweating, exercising outdoors, it's yeah. going to wear off faster. Um, and so depending on the conditions, you may want to reapply pretty frequently, especially if you're going in and out of the pool, for example. Yeah. And so sunscreen, sun protection, you know, gentle cleansing are foundations. And then, of course, I do use the vitamin C. Uh, and these days I'm testing a lot of new prototypes as well. Um, and then I do use the hydrating cream morning and night mm-hmm. as well. And especially now that it's colder and drier, uh, that's that's become more important. And so, you know, those are the foundations. And then, mm-hmm. of course, for athletes who have spent a lot of time in the sun mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get reap the wonderful mood boosting rewards of exercising outdoors, but may be suffering from some sun damage. Another line of uh, sort of, you know, targeted treatments might include a retinoid. And so this 
comes in both a prescription and cosmetic form. Mm -hmm. So prescription retinoids are things like tretinoin or tazerotene. And these are things that you can get under uh, the guidance of a dermatologist. They're prescription-only products. They can cause redness, peeling, stinging. And so even though they have a lot of evidence behind them, some people just can't get past the hump of going through that phase of adjustment. And so for those folks, there are a lot of um, products that you can buy without a prescription, uh, retinol products and retinaldehyde products. And so these are also vitamin A uh, derivatives and related uh, ingredients. And they show similar uh, anti-wrinkle, anti-dark spot effects. And so these are products that people can add to their routines at night in addition to like a a vitamin C product during the day. Um, And so those would be my that's my routine and then some additional tips for, for, for folks listening in. Cause I know that yeah. there are a lot of athletes. I do have a huge yes. athlete listenership. So yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those are all great tips. And I know this isn't in your product line, but I also think like sometimes a face oil is good depending on what do you think about that? You're the expert, not me. Oh yes. I mean, uh, you know, face oils are also beloved in a category, right? Yeah. They feel so great going under the skin. It feels luxurious. And especially when you're feeling dry or parched or you've spent a lot of time in the pool, right? Mm-hmm. That's the um, main thing is the pool, like as just for my triathlete listeners, like it really does take its toll on even my hair, like your hair, your skin, everything. But I love it. Oh, yes. Yeah, it can be very stripping. Yeah. Yeah. But an oil can be helpful, you know, um, and it's it's a it's a format to deliver emollients and occlusives, things that can help lock in moisture in a format that can sometimes feel uh, lighter or more pleasant than maybe a cream if people have an aversion to thicker yeah. textures. And so oils are definitely a great option for those looking for a bit of moisture replenishment. Do you have any, I know that you don't have any hair products, but since you're, you know, you have the science background, like, do you have any thoughts on like what to do for your hair, like how to protect it and things that you can, and is that maybe I'm already predicting your next line for 2023? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because um, my father actually uh, ran a small beauty supply store. And so I grew up around a lot, a lot, a lot of hair and hair products. And of course, chlorine can be very stripping. So, um, you know, there are a few practices that I'm sure a lot of avid swimmers are already aware of. So the first thing is wetting your hair in the shower before you go into the pool, right? can be helpful because the chlorine will be somewhat diluted and its effects will be somewhat weakened on hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And then using replenishing products. There are a lot of great hair products on the market now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't think that you always have to, um, you know, uh, how should I say this? Buy expensive products. They're available at all different price points. Um, and so looking for ingredients that are replenishing to hair um, would be helpful. I know that a lot of people, you know, have an aversion to silicone oils like mm-hmm. dimethicone or adimethicone, but they can actually be extremely, extremely helpful for okay. stripped hair, especially hair stripped by chlorine um, and have somewhat of a protective effect on the hair shaft as well. And then of course, um, these days, there are lots of popular products with bond building technologies okay. as well. So if you've already done the damage, if you buy a product that can rebuild bonds in hair, that can be quite helpful to, to help hair feel less brittle, um, shinier, more yeah. resilient. That's so great. those would be some basic tips. That's awesome. Thank you. I knew that you would know the answer to that. And then you mentioned that you grew up, your father had a beauty supply store. How did you get into beauty? Yeah. So I did grow up around beauty quite a bit because of 
my my father's business. And then my mother was actually a chemist. So I spent a fair amount of time in the lab early on as well. And, but I think like a lot of kids, a lot of prodigal kids, you know, um, what you grow up around sometimes, although there's a familiarity, you have a desire to get away from it. And so I I never, yeah, I didn't imagine that what I would end up doing would be a culmination of things that you know, influences that were around from a young age. And of course, I think my parents were tickled by that when it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the back room helping with inventory, you know, vacuuming carpets (laughs) and organizing, you know, products on the shelf. Yeah. Or, you know, quietly, you know, doing homework or doing my own thing sometimes when I was at the lab with, with my mom. I think maybe it made me less afraid or intimidated by the space because I had spent some time, you know, around it. I think that was probably the biggest, biggest factor. But to this day, actually, uh, for how much time I spent around hair products, I think because I spent so much time around Mm -hmm. them, some people have said, you talk so much about skin, but I don't hear you talk about hair so much. I think maybe I've just been haired out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that they go together, but a lot of people put them in separate categories, but everyone always talks about skincare. That's very true. <laughs> what are some lessons that you've learned along the way? Some entrepreneurial lessons that you've gotten doing this and starting your company? Yeah, I think I think one thing that I've, I felt a lot is kindness goes a long way because in life, relationships are important, right? Life is, uh, to quote, you know, some economists, a series of repeated games. It's not a one-off. You don't play the game once, and if you win, oh, winner takes all, and then you're done. It's round after round after round. And so it matters to the degree with which you can be kind and build coalitions and, and build relationships. And for me, one of the ways in which that's manifested is I have some wonderful, wonderful mentors and advisors in this industry, which I didn't have at the beginning because I wasn't involved in the industry when I first started. But just being earnest and and sharing your enthusiasm, but also sharing a certain amount of, I think, realistic humility, right? Um, We're all here to learn and to to better ourselves. And I think that's been extremely helped in opening up relationships with wonderful, wonderful veterans in the industry who have been able to share their insight and perspectives with me. And so I think that's one of the, the biggest lessons that I've learned. And then also, it's probably not the sexiest of lessons, but there really isn't a substitute for elbow grease. Yeah, um, you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And you know what? The work can be so enjoyable, right? right? People have asked me, were the first two and a half years in the lab mostly by yourself lonely? Was it hard? Was it scary? And of course, you know, there are moments where it was scary and lonely, but overwhelmingly I look back and it was just so much fun. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. It was fun to make things. And if that work feels fun, then, you know, putting in the elbow grease is, it's a pleasurable experience and it doesn't feel like work. I think that goes for training and athleticism as well. And anything you do, right? Like you have to do what you love and then what you're doing doesn't feel like work. Not that it's easy, but it just makes it easier. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, with food as well, right? You know, nutritious and delicious. If we can, you know, combine both. And, you know, my wife and I have very, very different tastes in food. I do. I love cooking. Okay, cool. Yeah. And 
I remember, you know, um, before, before we got married and, um, I tried to focus on, you know, fitting in as much nutrition as I possibly could. And I'd make these smoothies in the morning. And then we got married. Just like, these are absolutely horrendous. I just can't, <laughs> I can't drink these smoothies that you're making. And I thought, well, if you're not going to drink it, then there's no point in making them. So how can I, how can I make this a more pleasurable experience? And of course I tried to fit in, you know, I always have staples to make that easier. So frozen blueberries and uh, leafy greens and almonds and walnuts and, you know, so on and so forth. And, and, all those and now we have our also morning. good for your skin. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. One of our dermatological advisors, Dr. Elise Love, who's wonderful, she's a board-certified derm, but also an athlete, has this wonderful saying that what's good for the heart is good for the skin. And uh, I just, I love that saying, but yeah, anything that you can do to make it easier and more pleasurable, you know, these these healthy habits, the yeah. better, whether it's exercise, diet, or skincare. And what do you like to cook? What's your favorite? Like, do you have like a favorite dish or a favorite style of cuisine? Oh gosh. Well, my wife and I were Korean, so we eat a fair amount of Korean food. In LA, here in LA, we do live in the middle of Koreatown. And so we have access to, my wife and I have access to most ingredients. We love stews. Um, and so yesterday we had um, a spicy fish roe stew. So fish roe and radishes, you know, uh, Korean radishes and uh, minari, which is, um, I guess it's a wild leafy green. And of course, uh, now a very famous movie named yeah. after it as, yeah. as well. But I love Korean cuisine, but we also eat a fair amount of, I guess what some would characterize as Mediterranean cuisine as well. And so when it's really late and I can't muster up the time or energy to cook something really elaborate. Oftentimes, um, I always have cannellini beans. Oh yeah, on hand. those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so a bit of olive oil, lemon juice, garlic with cannellini beans and spinach, you mash the cannellini beans mm -hmm. and you have a great quick meal. You can uh, roast some, you know, a filet of salmon in so the air fryer. Right <laughs> You're making me hungry. <laughs> it's like dinner time here. <laughs> like for early bird dinner time. <laughs> That I mean, awesome. this is so encouraging, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and it's fast, it's easy, it's nutritious, and it's it tastes great. It's delicious as well. And so that's Mediterranean and Korean are probably the two genres of food that we we visit the most. Back to matter of fact, where did the name come from? Oh yeah, so you know, early on, when you're you're making prototypes of formulas, oftentimes you're having to, to apply heat and then wait for them to cool down. So there's a lot of downtime in between mm -hmm. experiments. And so in, during those times, I'd be on my computer, you know, um, thinking about various other parts of the business, including names. And I had a Google document with pages upon pages <laughs> of pretty bad names. Um, but one of them was matter of fact, and where it came from was, of course, things that are that are based on evidence, right? right. Uh, based on fact, but then also just straightforward and easy to understand because skincare can feel so complicated and intimidating mm -hmm. at first. Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure that um, we made that, that process of putting together skin routine easier and more pleasurable and not more complicated than it needed to be. And so that's where the name Matter of Fact comes from. I love it. That's a good story. And I like the packaging too and all the the way you describe the product and talk about it in the inside of the product. Very cool. It's very well, I mean, obviously you know, but it's very well thought out and nicely designed and then a great product to boot. Oh my gosh. I mean, thank you so much. There was a lot of, a lot of hard work and heart from our entire team that went into it. And so I know they're, they'll be so happy to, to hear your warm words.
Awesome. Well, this has been so great. I have some rapid fire questions that mm-hmm. aren't in yes. here, but are you watching anything like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or any, is there any binging happening in your life with television or movies? There definitely is. Um, for the past few weeks, I've been watching a Korean drama called Reborn Rich. Okay. There's drama, there's humor, there's some romance mm-hmm. as well. A little bit of action, even I'd say mixed in as well. Um, but it's a story of someone who finds himself reborn after tragedy into uh, uh, one of the wealthiest families in Korean society and thinking, well, if I can if I can change history and I can change things for the better, how do I do it? And um, it also provides a, a fictionalized um, account of the economic development of Korea. Right. Um, and oh, so cool. it's, yeah, it's very, very, it's been very addictive. <laughs> and where is it on Amazon or? So I believe it's streaming exclusively on um, a platform called Viki, V-I-K-I. Okay. Um, and so that's where, that's where I've been watching it. Okay, cool. And um, are you reading anything good or do you have a favorite book? Oh my goodness. Yes, I've been reading several books, but one of my my wonderful, wonderful teammates um, recommended that I read a book called How to Do the Work. And it's just a, it's a great book written by um, a therapist, a, a psychologist. And, you know, life is hard and we've all been going through a collective you know, struggle over the past several years with the pandemic and and other things. And so um, it's just been a wonderful refresh and reminder to be kind to ourselves and to, you know, create an environment in which we can flourish and be be healthy. And what's on your playlist right now? So now I'm going to give away at what point I started listening to K-pop. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I've been listening to uh, a new mini album by an artist named Boa, B-O-A. And she's okay. one of um, the the original, you know, big uh, K-pop acts who had a wonderful career, has a wonderful career in both Korea and Japan and and beyond. And just one of the big movers and shakers within Korean music. And she has a new mini al- album called Forgive Me. And so okay. I've been listening a lot to uh, that album. I'm going to have to listen. Is it up-tempo? Is it like k-pop it's dance. very yeah. okay i'm gonna it's check very it out. up tempo it's great for cardio <laughs> yeah that's what I'm, it's going on my run list for this weekend i have to do 10 miles <laughs> that's awesome this has been so great thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much marnie thanks again for tuning in to marnie on the move if you like what you hear leave us a five-star review in apple podcasts follow us on social at marnie on the move for Facebook and Instagram, and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, 